Okay, this is Inner City Press's podcast for today, Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Here in the Southern District of New York Courthouse, we're covering more than 10 cases, including U.S. versus Ghislaine Maxwell jury selection. Yesterday we covered U.S. Uh, versus Roger Ang, 1MDB, M, yeah, Multi-Development Development Bank case. But today's report is about the International Monetary Fund and Myanmar. Now, it had seemed, in our normal way of coverage, to be a pretty straightforward case. Military coup occurs, reports that no data is being reported, theft by implication by military-affiliated companies. This is how it was written, and this is how we asked the question. So today, at the briefing, the embargo ended less than half an hour ago, we asked IMF spokesman Jerry Rice, Um, What about the missing millions? What are you doing to find them? And he answered, um, actually, you know, while there's no recognition of the coup government or new government, uh, because that would require 50% of the votes, and it means voting power, not one man, one vote, but voting power of the IMF's membership to do, in fact, those in control in Myanmar are, in fact, reporting data. So as a follow-up, I asked, well, that seems like a pretty positive statement. Does that mean they're complying with the, the commitments of the previous government? That would be the Aung San Suu Kyi government. And, and uh, Rice, you know, chafed or bristled at being called positive, said we're just trying to be factual. Now, there's limitations in how I can report this, but in the, I've, I've come to understand that the IMF is in a difficult position, not only just in a difficult position, but that th- th- these are the constraints. Here's how it works. You know, it may be that the IMF, like many others, is deeply troubled and and really disappointed by the turn back to military rule in Myanmar. Um, at the same time, they 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 don't want troubles to be compounded. They don't necessarily think that sanctions would help people there. In any event, their role they're now they're limited. They're limited. Pending recognition of the new government. They can't really engage at a top level on any policy thing. All they can do is ask for facts. And, but the facts that they are reporting and that they, the government, it seems, doesn't like how it was reported that they're stealing money. Nobody does. But this government in particular thought it was unfair. There's, there's an article in The Diplomat they specifically point at. Um, and so maybe it made them report. Or maybe they're angry that they weren't given credit for reporting. And maybe the IMF in Jerry Rice's on the record answer is trying to say we recognize these positive steps. To me, there's an analogy to those trying to deal with the Taliban government in Afghanistan. If you can't beat them, join them. Um, if you can't dislodge them, then what's the point of uh, not giving credit for some small incremental changes? At the same time, this is a factual question. Where did the money go? The question is also how is it impacting people? Who's being vaccinated? And particularly, it would be a, not just in the border regions, in the Kachin and the Chin. What about the Rohingya? I have a feeling that there's some problems there. But then again, there's problems everywhere. The, the IMF continues to fund the Paul Bia government in Cameroon, even though money was outright missing, including four-by-fours driven right off the lot. That was WHO money. But it's a complex and nuanced story that we're probably uh, uh, not in a position, given the various things that we're juggling, to do full justice to. But I did want to devote this four-minute podcast to the difficulties, the conundrum, the situation of the IMF and Myanmar. To be continued, the four-minute drill, inner-city press, Matthew Russell.